Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, we are doing a special CareCast podcast recording here. We are in separate undisclosed locations here amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, So we don't have access to the same, you know, high tech audio recording technology that we normally do. Yeah, it's true. We we, we do not. We are. (laughs) We're roughing We're We're roughing it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, it's like podcasting. Like it's like camping podcasting. It's the same it is. Thing. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the equivalent of camping. Although you know, I'm Italian. When I went camping, we had it catered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a little, little different. So uh, like, like nothing less. <laughs> yeah. So, but here we are, and you know, uh, as we mentioned, it, we are here in this uh, this crazy, just unprecedented time of you know, social isolation and not really knowing what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, but CareNet is, we're ticking along. We are continuing to serve and, and do our thing. Is that right? Yes, that is right. At least that's what they tell me. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> As the president of the organization, right? That's right. Now, staff is just working like crazy. You and I were talking earlier today about the pregnancy decision line and how we're uh, getting more calls. I think we're up 18% or so from, I guess, a week or so ago. Um, yeah. And so it, uh, you know, you know, life goes on, so to speak. And, um, you know, the work of CareNet um, must go on because the work that we do is is linked to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which mm-hmm. will go on. And uh, certainly it says, you know, the scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail. And certainly coronavirus will not prevail in that, in that regard that, you know, that we, we have to continue to move forward, uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, compassion, hope, and help, and meeting people at the point of need who are facing uh, pregnancy decisions. And so that's what we continue to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's just funny how these, you know, God obviously uses all kinds of situations, including bad ones, to teach us things. And, you know, one of the things that I think we've learned about our work that, that this, this pandemic has just sort of like brought to the surface and highlighted is, you know, this idea that, you know, abortion whenever, for all time, thrives in in times of isolation and fear and loneliness, right? Um, and, and those are the sorts of feelings that are actually being, you know, augmented at this time, right? People are more isolated, more fearful, more lonely probably now than they were a month ago, right? And that and abortion thrives in that sort of environment. And, that, and that's actually probably one of the reasons why the abortion clinics and, and the abortion lobby is fighting so hard to stay open during this time because they know that those are the sorts of emotions that, that their, their culture thrives in. And, you know, and we'll, we'll actually talk about this in a separate podcast, but this idea that abortion is a morally neutral consumer product, right? And so if they're thinking about it in those terms and they're seeing market conditions that would lend themselves to their consumer product being consumed even more, man, they're going to be jumping all over that, right? Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and it's tough to think about it that way, uh, you know. That you know, you don't you don't want to think about it that way, and, and that they might have that view. And certainly, you know, it's hard to know what people's hearts really are. But you know, certainly, if you look at it from the perspective of what's happening, you know, the response and the fact that abortion providers are fighting to stay open while other types of surgery that's important for people 
you know, sort of is being delayed and pushed back and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's just kind of interesting that <clears throat> certainly from my perspective, if it's really the issue is really about choice, then and, and, and the pro-choice movement says they're about choice, mm-hmm. then um, in my view, then, uh, OK, you advocate for you to be able to stay open because you're one of the choices. Remember, there's two choices, mm-hmm. abortion and birth. Mm-hmm. So if you're all about choice, then you should be advocating for choice and you should be advocating equally for both choices. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you should say, you know what, we want to stay open because we want to make sure that this choice that uh, is available. But we also want to make sure that pregnancy centers can stay open and others who are providing support for the birth mm-hmm. side of this equation from conception to birth are open as well. And you don't see them advocating for that. No. So that's what really, even though you don't want to necessarily look at it that way, mm-hmm. from a, just from a consumer perspective, you say, my gosh, it's sort of like, yeah, I want my whatever to stay open, but I don't want my competitor down the street, so to speak, restaurant or business or whatever it is to stay open, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Think about it that way. But if you're totally about choice and you sell burgers and somebody else sells, you know, chicken and you're mm-hmm. totally about consumer choice, you say, yeah, I want to stay open because I want the consumer to have that choice between this and that. And, and the fact that they don't advocate for the other side, it really exposes the fact that really it is this kind of a notion, a competitive consumer environment mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that the abortion is framed in. And, mm-hmm. and to the degree, so what we say, it's, you know, it's viewed as a moral and neutral consumer product that women mm-hmm. want to need. That's how they view it. And that's why they're advocating uh, to mm-hmm. stay open to provide that consumer product. Uh, not a medical product per se, although it has medical components, but the viewpoint that that's exposed in 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 this coronavirus time frame is really this whole consumerization uh, way of thinking about abortion as a consumer product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you said, that this pandemic is just sort of exposing the truth of the way they think about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, and you know, and kind of circling back to to the work that CareNet does, you know, as we've said, our our work in some ways now has become more important than ever, right? Um, And so our pregnancy centers are just doing some, you know, amazing things to, to, to work to continue serving their communities during this time. They're doing virtual consultation, you know, talking to people on the phone, online, obviously in some limited ways in, 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 in certain geographic regions where um, it's possible they're still, you know, providing medical services, but you know, a lot of them obviously have had to just come up with very creative ways to continue serving clients, and and they're doing that, which is which is just amazing. Um, and you mentioned our pregnancy decision line. That's obviously a phone, a hotline on the phone, and if anything, there are more calls coming in during this time because people are they're at home, and yeah. they are getting into situations that they might not otherwise get into, and they're calling us, and so. So our centers are continuing to serve. Our pregnancy decision line is continuing to serve folks. Um, and again, we're trying to replace the fear and the isolation and the, and the loneliness with, with engagement, with, with compassion, hope, and help. Yep. Uh, and, and, and love and, and being Christ's hands and feet, even, even, at, even at a time when that's become more difficult to do. Yeah. No, and because we all know that, you know, the evil one thrives, you know, in fear and isolation. That's where that's where he thrives. And, you know, when people are fearful and when they're isolated, they often make choices, often make choices that they would not normally make. I mean, one of the stories sort of analogies to this that I've used often is, you know, talking about Peter's abortion decision. Mm. And, you know, and what I talk, what I mean there is that Peter kind of denying life and really denying Christ and denying him three times. Right. 
And, you know, Peter's by the fire. The, the young girl comes and said, hey, you're one of them. He says, no, I'm not. Somebody else comes and says, you're one of them. He says, no, I'm not. Somebody else comes and, and says, you're one of them. He says, you know, I'm no, no, I'm not. And he actually curses. I'm no, no, I'm not one of them. And then Christ looks over and he's denied Christ. And then he, he runs off and, you know, is very distraught because he's denied that. And, and here is, you know, Peter who understood that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. He'd walked with Jesus for three years. And yet, in that moment, he denied that life. So essentially, he aborted Jesus, mm-hmm. and he said, "I acknowledge that he's alive, but he's but he's a life worth sacrificing." Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that Jesus was alive, but he he acknowledged that he was a life worth sacrificing. So you have to ask yourself the question: Why? Well, Peter was isolated; he was by himself. The other disciples were not there, mm-hmm. and he was fearful. Mm-hmm. So when you're fearful and isolated, it's very easy for you to abort the thing, even though that, that you know it's life. So you have the child growing inside of you. You know this is life, but you make that same determination that Peter made in that moment, that mm-hmm. it's a life. I acknowledge that it's a life, mm-hmm. but a life worth sacrificing. And so we want to really be there to kind of speak into the middle of that, to surround them, to be like those disciples who weren't there around the fire with Peter in that moment, to be around there. Because I'm pretty confident Peter was a pretty strong dude. And, and certainly, and remember, a couple scenes before he had cut somebody's ear off because he thought they were going to try to take Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so mm-hmm. I'm, but he was with all the other disciples in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And then everybody fled. Well, imagine if they were all sitting around the fire in that moment when he was confronted. It just seems to me given what you know about Peter in scripture, that he would have said, no, I'm with him. We're with him. And therefore he would not have been isolated. And as a result, he would not have been as fearful. And so that's really what pregnancy decision line is trying to do. That's really what this network of amazing uh, pregnancy centers across the country is trying to do. We're trying to be around that fire in that moment, right? When there's someone trying to say, Hey, deny that life, deny that life, deny that life. So that person doesn't fall into fear and isolation because the other thing you see from that is there were consequences for that, mm-hmm. right? There were consequences mm-hmm. for that, that Peter was not thinking about in that moment. So much so that when Jesus rises from the dead, comes back, Peter's reluctant even to approach him because of what he did, mm-hmm. because of the guilt and the shame of, of what, of what he did. And Christ was very specific. And he said, make sure that you tell the disciples and Peter too, and he pointed him out because mm-hmm. he knew Peter because of his 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 fear and isolation and, and what happened in that moment that he would feel more shame and more guilt than the others who had run away. So mm-hmm. that's really how we view our work. And that's why I say the gospel of Jesus Christ keeps going forward. And therefore, mm-hmm. we as sort of the foot soldiers of the gospel of Jesus Christ have to keep going forward. The gates of hell will not prevail against what we're doing, not in the midst of the coronavirus, not in the midst of anything. And that's what we have to stand on and what we have to do. Yeah, absolutely. So for the folks listening, you know, I want to just give a couple simple ways that you could continue to be engaged. Um, obviously, go always at our website, there's always lots of really great stuff there for you to read and download and engage in. We have free online courses. So if you go to our website and click on the menu at the top right of our website, you'll see a free resources button there or a free resources link where there's a lot of great stuff that you could do to get engaged even while you're kind of at home and can't necessarily leave the house. And then if you also go our our church initiative that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, Making Life Disciples, if you go to makinglifedisciples.com, there's an offer there to actually take our online course for free, uh, which is normally a course that is paid for. Um, It's it's just a very in-depth course about how you can start to offer this sort of ministry at your church. So even though you might not be able to physically go to church right now and you're maybe doing virtual services and that sort of thing, when this is all over, you know, again, this work is going to be needed more than ever, right? And so 
equip yourself now uh, in preparation for a few months from now, hopefully. Uh, we don't know exactly what the timeline is, right? But yeah, makinglifedisciples.com. There's a code there on that site to take this free Making Life Disciples course so that when you're going back to church physically, uh, you're, you're going to be equipped to kind of set up a ministry in your church to help people in these situations. So lots of ways that you can get engaged. And the best place to start always is at our website, care-net.org. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Roland. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And or hopefully or see you to, soon. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll be able to see each other again. And I might be able to, I don't know, fist bump or something. <laughs> That's right. Some pre, yeah. Some pre-virus approved yep. reading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. All right. All thanks, right. Roland. Yep. Blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.